الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل هل يستوي الذين يعلمون والذين لا يعلمون انما يتذكر اولو الالباب صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters last week we had discussed the object and the purpose for us coming to the madrasa and that was to acquire deen that was the primary object and the mode and the means to acquire deen the starting point was the knowledge of deen so we have come for ilmuddin we have come for the knowledge of deen the objective the destination the goal is deen so all along we have to keep this in mind we have to be focusing on this that this is what we have come for we have not come to merely gain some information we have not come to merely just learn some facts and figures we have come we have chosen or parents have chosen for us a deeni environment to start off with and the line of deen and in the process we will learn some life skills we will learn some other things that will be of need and necessity for us in day to day life but our object is deen now what is deen all about this is what we have to be very clear about that what is deen many a times deen is understood to be performing namaz fasting in the month of ramadan and uh, not drinking not committing other lewd acts not maybe using vulgar languages so alhamdulillah this is definitely deeni actions a person performing salah is performing the greatest pillar of islam after iman person performing or keeping fast is doing such a great ibadat the person staying away from drinking for the pleasure of allah taala out of the fear of allah taala this is a tremendous thing it's a very great thing and likewise other sins but many a times our concept and our understanding of deen is restricted to just these few things whereas this is part of deen but is not deen in its entirety is not deen uh, completely whereas in the quran sharif allah taala commands us ya ayyuhal ladina amanu dkhulu fi silmi kaffa o you who believe enter into islam fully now we have to understand that till a person hasn't entered into islam fully then we haven't yet acquired deen completely we have acquired certain portions of deen otherwise we will be far away from the reality and many a times we do certain parts of deen totally neglect other parts and still regard ourselves as very pious for example a person performing salah so alhamdulillah this is a tremendous thing without performing salah a person can never be pious no matter what good a person does in other things a person can be very generous a person can be very very compassionate and kind can be helping people tremendously alhamdulillah all that is very great 
and Allah Ta'ala increase each one in those qualities as well. But if the person doesn't have salah in their life, or performs three salah or four salah and misses some salah, then this person is still far away from deen in reality. The person has got some portions of deen, but is missing one of the most fundamental aspects of deen. And therefore the person is not pious. You can't call such a person pious. The person has some good things in his life, but he's not pious from what Allah Ta'ala wants from us. Likewise, a person has namaz in his life. Alhamdulillah, excellent. A person has fasting in her life. A month of Ramadan comes, she keeps fast. She keeps even nafil fast. The person has tahajjud in her life. Subhanallah, excellent. So all these things are very, very good. But the person comes to the aspect of mu'amalat, for example. The monetary dealings, how we deal in terms of buying, selling, debts, borrowing something from somebody, returning the thing that we have borrowed, uh, hiring somebody, how we treat the person we have hired, our maid, our other employees. So this is mu'amalat in terms of our monetary dealings. Now, sometimes a person is very conscious of ibadat, which is an excellent thing, but the person totally neglects mu'amalat, borrows something from somebody, doesn't bother to return it. Says, well, doesn't matter, it's all just anything. The person buys something, doesn't pay the money. Or the person sells something, doesn't show the defect and the fault to the customer. The person is doing some other deal, but is not doing it correctly. Is hiring somebody, taking extra work from the person which was not mentioned, or for example, the time was mentioned, that you will work from 7 to 5. Now the person is being made to work overtime without any remuneration, without any wage. Or the person was told, you do this job, I'll give you 100 rands. Now unnecessarily some issues are being brought about. The person is being paid 75 rands. That no, well, this and that and the other. So this is all mu'amalat and a person would be taken to account for this on the day of Qiyamah. And sometimes we will lose our ibadat, Allah forbid, if we have shirked in aspects of mu'amalat. Now this is deen also. We have come to the madrasa to learn ibadat. Obviously it starts off with imaniyat, our aqaid being correct. Then we have come to learn ibadat also. That our salah must be correct. Our fast must be correct. Our zakat must be correct. If hajj is farz upon us, we must perform our hajj and that must be done correctly also. But then with our ibadat, we have come to learn mu'amalat as well. That we must be able to deal correctly. Whatever monetary dealings they are, whatever transactions they are, we are buying something, we are selling something, we are hiring somebody, we have to pay somebody, we borrowed something, all these things. Our mu'amalat must be correct. Otherwise we are not really, if we say that this is not something I'm going to be worried about, then we are shirking in a very, very important branch of deen. And we, Allah Ta'ala forbid we might lose our ibadat also. Together with ibadat and mu'amalat, we have come to learn mu'asharat also. What is mu'asharat? How we deal with people. Whether it is our parents, now a person comes to madrasa for example and we get excellent marks in our exams. We, in Quran Sharif we get a distinction, in fiqh and diniyat we get a distinction and we are getting scoring A's everywhere and in hadith we can read about, we can read a hadith from memory maybe 20, 30, 50, 100, 200, whatever it is. 
we can recite so many ahadith from memory, maybe we became hafiza of the whole Quran Sharif, or we learned many many surahs. So Alhamdulillah, all this we have to try our best. So we got good marks in all this, we got A's in all this. But when we go home, then we deal with our parents in a totally wrong manner, back answering the parents, back chatting at them, not being obedient to them, and doing things which are hurtful to them, talking to them in an abrupt and a rude manner, or how we deal with our brothers and sisters, how we deal with our relatives in general, how we deal with our neighbors. Now all this is mu'asharat. So we're getting good marks in our exams in the madrasa, but we are dealing wrongly with our neighbors. We are dealing in a completely incorrect way with our brothers and sisters, with our parents. We are breaking ties of relationship from our relatives. So actually we are failing. We got good marks in madrasa in our exams, but we are not fulfilling this task and this branch of deen known as mu'asharat, how we deal with people, how we interact with people, then actually we are failing. We are failing in the main aspect in terms of practice. So this is not what we have come to learn in the madrasa, that we learn some theory, we learn some facts and figures, and then we do anything and everything. And we don't bother about how we conduct ourselves. No, then we haven't understood the object of coming to madrasa. Rather, maybe we got a C or we got a D in terms of our marks in the class that we tried our best. We did what we could. Somebody has the capacity of getting an A and somebody, they tried their best, they made their utmost effort and then after that they got 60%. But this person is practicing on that knowledge that was passed on. Whatever the Muallima taught, whatever we learnt in the Kitabs, that is in the person's life. That person has passed. That person has truly achieved the object of coming to Madrasa. So now in Mu'asharat, the person is fulfilling the things that have been taught, the things that have been learnt. The person is dealing in a proper manner with, his, with her brothers and sisters, is respecting the parents in a properly is uh, obedient to the parents, is handling the situations that do come up, there are challenges, sometimes parents are, sometimes parents say some things which may not be correct, or do some things that may not be the best thing to have done. It happens, these are realities, but as a child we still have a certain way that we have to respond. We can't respond in just any way and every way. So now this person may not have scored 95%, she scored 80, 65%, 70%. But she practiced correctly. Then she is the one who really got an A. In the end result, she is the one who got the A. Because she got the A in what the objective was. In what the purpose was. For example, a person uh, got a distinction in terms of engineering. person got a distinction. Somehow, the person got a pass, A, A pass. But now when the time came to now get into the field, the person is drawing the plans in such a way that that house is going to collapse. The person will get kicked out of the profession. That you are a danger to everybody. Somehow you got A's in your passes, in your exams, how you got that, whatever happened. 
But whatever you are doing now is a danger to other people's life. They'll kick him out. After one, two mistakes of a serious nature, they'll strike him off the roll. Doctor makes some blunders. He learned all the medicine, all the theory he learned, but he's treating people in a way that they're getting more sick. He's supposed to be doing something and he's doing something else. They'll, after a few times, they'll strike him off the roll. So the real A pass is in the field. Our field is how we practice at home, how we practice with our parents, with our friends, with our relatives, with our neighbors. So that is now part of deen now, that we practice correctly, we respond correctly, we respond in the way that Allah will be happy with us. Allah Ta'ala has given us a guideline that we have to follow. So we are doing that. That is an A pass now. So, like we have to learn our ibadat, we have to perform our salah correctly, other ibadat we have to perform correctly, Mu'amalat is also deen. Mu'asharat is also deen. And then a very, very important branch of deen known as akhlaq. Good character. Now this too is part of deen and a very essential part of deen. Many a times you don't give any thought to this. Now for example, good character, there are so many things part of this akhlaq. Part of this akhlaq is sincerity. That is part of akhlaq. Ikhlas. Husne khulq, one of the essential things of good character in terms of the shariat. What shariat calls akhlaq, one of the essential things is ikhlas. Because that's an inner quality. Then, together with that, the quality of tawadu, humility. A person is humble. One does not think of oneself as better than anybody else. One makes one keeps oneself as the humble servant of Allah Ta'ala. Then, the heart must be clean of malice, for example. Completely clean of pride. Must not harbor any suspicion and ill feeling towards others. Now, all this is part of akhlaq. And merely hearing one talk is not going to change anything. It's only the start to create some consciousness within us. But then there's an effort, there's a process to clean our hearts of all the things that need to be cleaned out from there. The malice, the jealousy, the hatred, the evil feelings. Otherwise now a person says, I am very pious. Why I am very pious? I perform my salah on time. I am even making tahajjud. I am even making chash the nawabin. I make ten paras tilawat in the day. Alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah. All these ibadats is tremendously great. And this is something a person will be rewarded with greatly. But if the person doesn't have the right akhlaq, the person has malice in the heart. The person has jealousy. The person has ill feeling and hatred. The person is harboring suspicions unnecessarily. This doubt and that doubt about that person. And this person, I think the person did this because they have that in their mind. Now we are reading people's minds. We are reading people's hearts. What, what do we uh, know about what's in somebody's heart? But we are jumping to all these decisions and conclusions based on our assumption, based on the ill feeling we have in our heart. Now these things are also part of deen. Now we have come to the madrasa to learn deen. Now we could have this in front of us. That how do we deal? Now sometimes the mu'allima might say something. The mu'allima said something to us, reprimanded us. And maybe another child, another student was not reprimanded. This is an example I'm taking. And this happens from time to time. So we were reprimanded and another student was not reprimanded. 
the thing that we did and that student did was perhaps similar or what we didn't manage to produce or do that person also didn't produce so now immediately what is the reaction many a times the reaction is well you see there's a mallima she's got favoritism in her she is biased well you see that other girl because she comes from the same uh, place where this mallima comes from she is her neighbor so she's favoring her neighbor or because I uh, last time I didn't make salam to her I forgot about it so now she's grudging me or because uh, that is actually her connection somehow so she's favoring her connection and I am not her connection I'm not related to her so now all these judgments will come then what will happen on top of that then we will speak to the next person. See, this Mallima, you mustn't trust her for anything because she is she's not a straight person. Now, we already went on to the next point now. Don't trust this Mallima, she is not the right person. And then further from there, now we take it to the next level. That you see, this Madrasa, they got favoritism in it. Now, where is leading from one thing to the next? First was our judgment, our judgment that we jump to conclusions. Then we told her, friends, that you see this Muallima is, this is a problem she is not straight and she has some favoritism in her and she has this and that and the other then when we go outside we are talking to some friends, some relatives this madrasa is no good we got favoritism in the madrasa, now the whole madrasa became one thing, one, one judgment on the whole madrasa and then further on top of that now we got, we are not happy about being in madrasa to start off with now we will say you mustn't go to these madrasas First it was the Muallima, then it became the Madrasa, and then all the Madrasas will get painted with the same brush. You see all these Madrasas is just, Nauzubillah, all waste of time. They just do anything there, and they all just pass time, and they have favoritism. Now Shaitan leads one in this manner, because Shaitan wants to destroy one. So from one thing to the next to the next, before we know it, we have painted everybody with the same brush, whereas there is no, nothing to start off with. Now, why did the Muallima reprimand one person and not the next? She had some valid reasons for that. What could have been the valid reason? The valid reasons could have been numerous. Maybe that girl already came and explained to her the problem beforehand. This is a possibility and this could have ha- and happened from time to time. We experienced this year in our madrasa as well. Some student will come. The student will explain that, look, I didn't do my homework. Beforehand, he'll come, he'll explain. I didn't do my homework today. And the reason for that was... My mother was extremely ill last night and I had to stay awake, awake half the night attending, helping her. And from the evening she was ill, from Asar time she was ill right till past midnight. So I was at her bedside seeing to her, doing the things, the khidmat, I couldn't do anything else. Now is this not a valid reason for not having managed to complete the homework? And now the Mallima might have even known about this, the uh, health of the parent. So is she not justified in not reprimanding the student? And the other person doesn't have any valid reason. So would both be treated the same? Both have to be reprimanded? Doesn't matter if your mother was dying also, you got to do the homework. Does that make sense? But we had no... Uh, we couldn't see beyond what is in our mind. Now this I just gave as an example and these are realities. But what the point I want to make is that we have come to learn Deen. Deen includes all aspects of Deen. Akhlaq is part of Deen also. 
But we forgot we have come to learn deen. Allah forbid if that becomes the case, that we forget we have come to learn deen. Then we will still be thinking ourselves as very good, very pious, excellent people, whereas we are shirking in akhlaq, for example. And we are harboring ill in our hearts, or we are harboring jealousy, or we are harboring malice, or we have pride within us, or we are making ghibad, or we are making bohtan sometimes, slandering somebody, making false accusations maybe. Sometimes we are trying to bring the next person down in some way. How can we try and bring somebody's downfall? This person must not be progressing. This girl is going too far ahead too quickly. So how can we now do something that she mustn't progress? How can she always come out in the top end of the class? So now she must something must happen. So now we are plotting somebody's downfall. And we're still regarding ourselves. Alhamdulillah, we are making our salah. That's an excellent thing. But we're still regarding ourselves as very pious also because we're performing our salah. And then because we got top marks in all our papers, then now we are super A Muslims. Why we are super A Muslims? Because we got A in our exams. And we got A in all the subjects. So that makes us super A. But in terms of the practical side of it, in terms of our mu'amalat, in terms of our mu'asharat, we are talking to our parents anyhow. We are back chatting. We are, forget back chatting to the parents, we are also chatting in the haram things. And we are still pious. We are back chatting the parents also, and we are chatting to all the wrong people also, and we are still pious, because we are making our namaz, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, summa alhamdulillah, we are making namaz, don't ever stop that. And if we are making only our five farz namaz, start reading nafil also. And make salatul toba every day also. Make salatul haja also. Try and make, make our awabin and tahajjud as well. Don't ever stop that. Don't decrease that. But that alone will not make us pious if we are not fulfilling our mu'amalat, our monetary dealings correctly. We are not correct in our mu'asharat, how we deal with our parents, how we deal with our friend, brothers and sisters, how we deal with our relatives, how we deal with people in general, how we respect our mu'allimas how we respect our colleagues, our classmates. They are also the mehman of Nabi Wasallam. Every person that comes to learn deen is a mehman and a guest of Rasulullah Wasallam. So we got to respect everybody. So now this is all part of Mu'asharat. Now we are not fulfilling this, then we can't consider ourselves as pious. Oh, our akhlaq is not right. Our heart is filled with other things, with ill, with malice, with jealousy we are harboring suspicion, we are jumping to these conclusions, then we can't regard ourselves as pious then. And nobody can ever regard ourselves as pious, obviously, but we, shaitan puts this, that, no, okay, I am alright. You know, I'm not so bad. Look at that other girl, how she's walking out there, how she's dressed, and what she's doing. Indeed, that is wrong. That is very wrong. But it doesn't make us better in the end result if we have other things lurking within us. Allah knows best what is going to be the end result then. It mustn't happen our mu'amalat and our mu'asharat. It wipes us, wipes all our ibadat away. And if she is heading towards Jahannam, we end up joining her there. Allah Ta'ala save us. So deen is comprehensive. It includes all parts of our life. And we have come to learn deen. We haven't just come to acquire some facts and figures. We haven't just come to acquire some uh, information only. We have come to learn deen 
and deen, we have come to learn how to perform our ibadat correctly and to bring that ibadat in our life. We have come to correct our aqaid, our imaniyat. We have come to correct that as well. And we have come to strengthen the right aspects of belief. One is we have to learn and bring into our life the correct faith that Allah alone is the doer. La ilaha illallah. There is none worthy of worship besides Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala alone does. So we have to bring that correct yaqeen. But then we have to strengthen that yaqeen also. In the form of tawakkul. In the form of trust in Allah Ta'ala. That our trust be in Allah Ta'ala alone. So we have come to madrasa for both things. We have come to learn the correct yaqeen. And then we have come to strengthen the correct yaqeen also. We have come to learn that we must do things only for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. So we have come to learn the theory of ikhlas. We learn the hadith of ikhlas also. Innamal a'malu bin niyat. But then we have come to learn to make this ikhlas a part of our life. That we are doing something, we are doing it for Allah Ta'ala alone. We are being good to somebody, not to just try and impress the person, but for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. We are staying away from something for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. What we are supposed to stay away from. Not for any other reason. But Allah Ta'ala must become happy with me, that's why I'm doing this. Allah Ta'ala must become pleased with me, that's why I'm staying away from what Allah Ta'ala has forbidden. So we have come to Madrasa to learn both things. To learn the hadith of ikhlas, to learn the practice of ikhlas also. We have come to learn how to perform salah, how to perform our wudu, how to perform salah, all the various laws of taharat. Then we have come to learn to bring salah in our life. That whether it's holiday, whether it is somewhere we are, wherever we may be, but salah is not going to be missed. Salah is farz on us, we're going to perform it. So, we have come to learn both things. The rules of salah and the practice of salah. The importance of salah in our lives. We have come to learn the ahadith regarding mu'amalat and correct monetary dealings. But then we have come to learn to make it a part of our life. The same with mu'asharat. We will learn in the madrasa about respect for parents. We will learn the ahadith. We might get an assignment to write an assignment about respect of parents. So we will do the assignment in a wonderful way. A terrific cover on it and multicolor. And we might put some very shiny paper around it and some stars and some glitter and whatever else. And girls are masters at all these kind of glitter and glamour. And we will do it in a most excellent presentation and all typed out with information from various different sources and a bibliography running into a couple of pages. Subhanallah, the examiner or the person who is going to mark that assignment, before they even look into it already, they are thrilled with what an excellent job. So definitely we will have to do that also. We will do the assignment. But the assignment, on the one hand, we got the A, we have come to learn in Madrasa to make that A in terms of the expression of that knowledge. That now when we are in the situation with our parents, with our brothers and sisters, with our family, with our neighbors, do we now display that correct mu'asharat? Do we practice on that correct mu'asharat? We have come to learn both things now. That we must do the right thing also. We must do the, know the information, we must do the thing in practice as well. The same with our akhlaq. We will learn about the harms of malice, the harms of jealousy, the importance of ikhlas, the importance of humility, 
the importance of compassion and kindness, the great virtue of forgiveness. All these things we will learn about. But then we have to practice on it. We have come to learn the practice side of it as well. Not just to be able to write one exam and say, Subhanallah, look at my marks and look at my report. The whole world is not going to see the report. Family, some friends, people around us will see the report and after two days we also won't look at it again. For one, two days we'll frame it also, maybe put it in front. Everybody passes by mistake also. If they pass, they must see it. Because mashallah, it's such an excellent report. Alhamdulillah, very good. But after two, three days, after one week, we also will put it away somewhere. We will, we will not be seeing it also. But everybody will see what is in our life. All those are around us, they will keep seeing that this person got A in the akhlaq, in the report. But what is the akhlaq in the person's life? What is the mu'asharat and social life in the person day-to-day living? So this is what we have come to learn in the madrasa, both aspects. The theory also, and to make this a part and parcel of our life, then we have come to learn deen. And this is our object. This is our purpose. So we have to keep this in front of us all the time. And we have to keep judging how much, and checking within ourselves, how much are we progressing in deen. How much are we progressing in deen? The knowledge of deen we are going to carry onward. But we are supposed to be progressing in deen. That is what is required of us. That is what we have come for. So is our namaz improving? Are we, are perform- are we performing salah in a better manner? Are we trying to perform it in a better manner? Are we trying to duck it? If we are trying to duck it, then we have not understood any bit of what we have come to Badr for. That we are even trying to duck salah. But we are human, we are weak, we are performing it in a way that is weak. Now we have to improve that. And we will still make mistakes sometimes. We will keep trying. Nothing happens overnight. But we won't be trying to duck namaz. Then we haven't understood why we come to Madrasa for. So we have come to learn deen. So our salah we will be learning. And we will be trying all the time to improve that salah. We will be all the time trying to improve our mu'asharat. How can I improve my relationship with my parents? One is there to keep begging me to do the smallest thing. Now I'm going to try every day, at least once a day, I'm going to offer khidmat to my father, to my mother. What can I do for you? Is there something can I help with? Oh, I have seen my mother busy with something. I'm not going to be waiting to be told. I can spare maybe five minutes now. For five minutes I will go and help. Now this person is improving in their aspects of what they have or what they know that they should be doing, they are improving in their akhlaq, in their mu'asharat. Now the object of coming to madrasa is slowly being achieved. That our ibadat now we are improving in, our mu'amalat we are improving in, our mu'asharat we are improving in, our akhlaq we are making ways ahead, we are improving in that as well. So this is what is the object we have come to learn deen. We have to keep checking within ourselves. And for this, we keep taking guidance, we keep taking advice from our muallimas, from others that can give us the correct advice, the correct guidance, we keep taking the advice of how to progress in terms of our practical day-to-day lives. What we are learning in the madrasa, how we can make it a part of our life in terms of deen. So, with this advice, with this effort, and obviously with dua, which is a very, very basic thing, essential thing, that everything will happen with the fazal, with the grace and the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. So we got to turn to Him. So this is the aspect that we have to focus on. And this is what we have to keep reminding ourselves about. 
that we have come for this purpose. So we should put some reminder somewhere. We should put this little reminder, maybe somewhere in our desk or in some cover of some notebook or something that we're going to open every day. So as we flip the first the cover open, this will be somewhere in our on the front cover, inside the front cover. That my object of coming to the madrasa is to learn deen. This is my object. And deen comprises of iman, uh, uh, ibadat, mu'amalat, mu'asharat and akhlaq. I will be making an effort to improve in all these branches of deen. Now every day we will be turning open that notebook and there is that message again reminding us of what our objective is to come to the madrasa. What have we come to the madrasa for? So, we have to be constantly guarding ourselves from things that will, as we mentioned last week, that when we have taken this positive step, we have come to the madrasa to learn, to acquire deen. Shaitan is not going to go to sleep. Shaitan is going to try to make everything get wasted. Shaitan lost the first battle that he did not manage to keep us away from the madrasa. So the second attack that will come from shaitan is that despite this person now being in madrasa, how can I waste all the efforts? How can I waste all the efforts? Sometimes by means of the tongue, get the person involved in ghibat. And sometimes get the person involved in ghibat about those who one learns from, the muallimas, etc. Everybody is human. Everybody makes mistakes. But shaitan will use somebody else's mistake to destroy us. Keep this in mind as a very, very important aspect for life. That shaitan will use other people's mistakes to destroy us. How? One is somebody made a mistake. That goes without saying that if somebody has made a mistake, has done something wrong, then that wrong is a wrong. That wrong can't be a right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. But the person made a mistake. Now shaitan will use somebody else's mistake to destroy us. Number one, now get us involved in ghibat. And this much we must keep etched in our hearts. Write it down. Inscribe it on our hearts. That we make ghibat of those who impart deen to us, we will never ever be able to achieve any knowledge of deen. If we persist in making ghibat, we don't make toba, we don't get the person's forgiveness, or we carry on make this a habit, then we must forget about getting knowledge of deen. We'll get some information, but our life... Allah forbid will be something else. We want to progress in the knowledge of deen. We are going to have to have the correct respect from our hearts. Everybody is human. They have their weaknesses. They make their mistakes. But that's not our department. That is between them and Allah Ta'ala. And they are responsible for correcting their lives. And whoever might be uh, having some authority over them will be responsible for that whether it is our parents that make those mistakes, whether it is our muallimas, whether it is some other senior family member, might be our uncle, it might be our aunt, we will destroy ourselves if we fall into that department. One is we have the manner of giving some kind of general advice and guiding somebody in a most respectable way without making any kind of be'adbi, that's a different issue. But we get into the department of ghibat, we're going to destroy ourselves. So shaitan will use that. Shaitan will put somebody's mistake in our eye. He'll highlight it. And then he'll put wasasa in our mind. And we'll start making ghibat. We dug our own grave. 
And then shaitan won't leave it at that. We saw something, shaitan will double it up in our eyes. So now we will start ending up making, part of it will be ghibat, and part of it will be false accusations also. Part of it will be ghibat, part will be false accusation. Then, something was said, we understood something else. We will start passing on that kind of information which will turn away the minds and the hearts of others, whereas that information we gave was untrue. Whereas that information is baseless, like the example we took. Now somebody made some decision or handled something in a certain way, we jumped to some conclusion. We passed on that information in that manner according to our understanding. Then first we said this muallima, then we said this madrasa, then we said the madrasas. Now, somebody else got turned away from the knowledge of deen because of our statement. We are going to be suffering that the harm of that and going to have to be accounting for that on day of qiyamah. So, nevertheless, Allah Ta'ala gave us this opportunity, Allah Ta'ala gave us this great favor that He has allowed us to come to learn deen. Let us keep in mind all the time we have come to learn deen. Let us put that reminder somewhere. Let us keep checking within ourselves. Am I progressing in deen? Or am I just learning facts and figures only? What effort I am making to try and inculcate the right things? What effort I am making to give up any wrongs in my life? Whether it is chatting to somebody, whether it is the blackberry or the strawberry or whatever it might be. Whether it is listening to things which are wrong. Whether it is talking things which are evil. It might be anything that is against the commands of deen, against the pleasure of Allah wa ta'ala. So now, am I making an effort to give up these things? Am I making an effort to improve my akhlaq? And all the other things that we have discussed. Then we have indeed come to learn deen and we are making an effort for deen. Otherwise, we will be there, the time will pass, but we will not be able to achieve what the purpose of coming to madrasa is. So may Allah tabarak wa ta'ala bless me, grant all of us the tawfiq of making an effort to acquire deen. And may Allah ta'ala enable us to bring complete deen in our lives. Every branch of deen must be fully alive within us. It must be distinguishable, it must be noticed, it must be witnessed that this person has deen in his life or her life. Allah ta'ala grant us the knowledge of deen in its reality, which is the nur from Allah tabarak wa ta'ala. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله رب العالمين